This is the Awkward Mind Podcast. I'm Yuri Nair. My guest today is Wesley Hodge. The arts and entertainment industries have been his passion for many years. Through hard work and dedication, Wesley became a camera operator and film director. This work has allowed him to have many unique experiences he would have missed out on otherwise. More recently, Wesley is working on promoting another one of his passions and is making music. A husband and a father to a beautiful baby girl, Wesley believes in using his talents and skills to enhance the lives of others and places emphasis on the value of people and family. To discuss film, music, fatherhood, and much more, here's the man himself, Wesley Hodge. Wes, hey, welcome to the Awkward man. Mind Thank Podcast. Right on, man. Right on. Good to have you. <laughs> so, Good to so have you too, here. man. <laughs> so we actually met through your first passion, right? The entertainment industry. Yes. I was, yeah. uh, I was a lonely lighting guy on, on many a corporate event that you were filming. Yeah, we've done many events together, man. Um, I feel like uh, me and you connected, though, man. We connected on a deeper level. We've gotten to have talks and just some conversations, especially with me, uh, like, trying to learn Russian a little bit with you being from uh-huh. Belarus. <laughs> I remember those days you seeing me do that. I'm still, I'm still uh, learning that, by the way, slowly but surely. All right, all right. Well, maybe I'll have, you, have to have you back on because I'm, I'm thinking of potentially in the back of my head of doing this in Russian as well. Oh, so, I so set maybe, my game so, up. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But it's really, really good to have you on. I'm glad, I'm glad we got to connect. So, Me too, man. Wes, so your full name is Wesley Peter Hodge. And I know yes. your mom calls you Peter. And you go yes. by Wes, which you've sort of made your little signature winning every situation. So yeah. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Like how you went from your sort of full formal name to why your mom calls you by your middle name to how... Okay. Wes became a thing? Well, all right, man, how can we start this? Okay, so cool. So here's a fun fact about Peter and Wesley, right? So as a kid, I was always called Peter, like from a very small child. And um, I actually didn't know my name was Wesley until I was 14 years old. Now, <laughs> so it all happened when I was, uh, I was on a football team, I was playing football. And I had to give them my birth certificate. And when, they, when I gave them my birth certificate, the guy said Wesley. And I know that Wesley is my um, birth father's name. Now, I don't really know him that much, and we don't have that much of a good history. But um, when they said Wesley, I automatically looked up. And he said, is this your birth certificate, Wesley Peter Hodge? And I looked at it, and I was like, Yep. So then I went home and talked to my mom and we talked and uh, she just let me know that they always call me Peter because my great grandfather, who was a preacher and also a civil rights leader in my town, that's the name. That's where I got that name from. So ever since a small age, everybody called me Peter. But, you know, as you get older, as I knew that was my name, I ended up starting to embrace it because the more like I got used to it and people called me. And then when I was younger, just to just to admit it, like I was probably in high school and um, at some point somebody said it that I thought was cute. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll stick with this name. <laughs> and then my wife loved the name. So I was like, well, it looks like I'm going to be called Wesley from now on. <laughs> but um, I ended up embracing the name too. And uh, I just started taking it like because I, I always had it with a negative connotation because of my biological father. What I started to do was make it my own. Like I understand that I am the master of my own destiny. Therefore I can change the name so I can actually change the destiny of that name and the lineage of my family. So, um, winning every situation that actually came from, uh, one of my friends, uh, probably, I want to say six years ago, I was rapping and he knew I did that. And we were just throwing things at each other, just spitballing. And he was like, what does the West stand for? And without a second thought, I said, winning every situation. And he was like, yo, that's a dope name. You should make that an album. And I was like, I should make that my name. (laughs) So um, that's how that came up. That's how that came about. And uh, it's actually developed into something passionate because with doing cinematography and also doing... um, hip hop as well. It's kind of like I am stretching myself into many different situations and hopefully I'm winning them all. <laughs> yeah, right on. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So having a less than ideal childhood, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. did uh, you wind up going to Milton Hershey school? Yes. For high school, did that give you sort of a 
a new perspective or, or help you out or shape some of the mindsets that you've developed now? Because I love what you said about embracing your name now and making it your own. I think that's so beautiful. Yes. And um, actually, I, did, I didn't... I um, Milton Hershey taught me a lot. So I don't know if you know the history of Milton Hershey, but Milton Hershey started a school for less than fortunate kids way back, back in 1909. Uh, he started with a, a, a million dollars and that was the trust for the school. Now that that million dollars, obviously in 1909, you go to 2020, it's expound. So the school basically pays for itself. Um, I was fortunate enough to get, in, to, um, get into Milton Hershey, which uh, the experiences that I've had and the lessons that I have learned have carried with me throughout life. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Yes, I would say that Milton Hershey um, gave me, <clears throat> excuse me, gave me um, a better outlook and also just a different type of determination. That's where I first started being called Wesley. I was still being called Pete. So there's a lot of people there to call me Pete and there's some people to call me Wesley. So I have this mixture of people. <laughs> but um, the values that I learned first, I, I learned to have more confidence because then what I have realized growing up in the single parent um, home was that like a father is very important. And I had uh, a surrogate father through Mr. Um, his name is Mr. Brown. There's Mr. and Mrs. Brown. We call them our house parents. Uh, he instilled within me a confidence that I didn't have before and uh, just imparted on me different lessons in life that I was able to learn from. And I'm thankful for that because one thing that he told me that I always will remember is, is that he said, he told me that I was a bright young man, but he told me that I wouldn't be successful because of my brightness. I would be successful because I was nice to people. I was kind. And that really stuck with me. And I kept that I kept that because he said that throughout my entire life. I feel it's way more important to uh, be friendly and be loving and care about your fellow human being than to be the smartest person in the room. There's no reason to do that. If you can connect to somebody on a one-on-one -on -one level, that's way more important than what you know, because we all first um, interact with each other on a social level. So if you can't interact with each other on a social level, then you might as well forget the rest. For sure, for sure. And it's been obviously challenging with everything going on. So how have you ad adapted? Because right, because I totally agree. I think human interaction is the key yes. to building a better society. And we've all sort of been distanced and separated. Yes. So how have so, you adjusted? Oh. <laughs> um, so it's been kind of difficult, Yuri, just to, to be honest. But at the same time, it hasn't. So most people don't get this from me, but I am like, for as much of an extrovert as I seem to be, I am pretty much introverted. <laughs> so like I've adjusted to this by like, just when I think about people, because now like before when I would just stay in my house now, it's like kind of like you have to distance yourself and there's a lot of people I care about. So like I make mm -hmm. sure that I take the time to FaceTime people. I make sure that I take the time to reach out because you can easily slip into not doing that. And that's important, you know what I mean? So I've uh, also, one thing is that my family has kept me sane because like I get to see, but now I have things that I'm experiencing that I wouldn't have before. Like my daughter, I get to see her grow up. I'm getting to spend more time with my wife, uh, you know, and it's just what, all these things where I could see something being so terrible I'm just taking the positives and being able to celebrate those little victories when I get to talk, when I get to spend time with people like you, Yuri, or get to talk to some of my other friends. Um, that's, I just, you got to celebrate those things. And just because we can't physically be with each other doesn't mean we can't vocally speak to each other or see each other on screens. That's the beauty of, beauty of technology. Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of positive that came out of, out of adversity. And I think we've seen that actually throughout history, that in times of adversity, there's actually the greatest progress right on, the sort of the coattails of that. So I'm, I'm excited for the future, even though we're going through this tough time right now. And it seems like you are as well. Yes, I, I'm, I'm most certainly excited for the future and optimistic. Yeah. And I know you sort of taken an interest in investing a little bit. I saw in one of your Instagram posts, like sort of in the background, there's an investing book just kind of chilling. Uh, How did yeah, that, that all was, come about? That was definitely on purpose. So uh, <laughs> um, I really have, uh, well, to just go back, which I won't take too long on this, but my- no, please, we got time. Oh, okay. My great aunt was an entrepreneur. So she owned her own 
beauty shop. And she did that from, by I think the age she was 25 to 89. She died in 2016 at 96 years old. Um, but ever since a kid, she taught me the value of saving and the value of just like investing in yourself, which as a kid, you don't, I mean, you hear it, but you're not necessarily taking that seriously as a kid, you know, <laughs> you're doing what you want. But as I have um, come to have my own family and also just started to think about life more as living in the now, but preparing for the future, I've really gotten interested in investing and I've gotten interested in investing in like stocks and seeing how putting a small portion of your money can go a long way in the long run. So I'm really excited for that because I started in, um, I started in just owning stocks probably around three or four years ago and kind of didn't know what I was doing. But the more that I've been learning, the more I've been seeing a lot better results and I don't expect it to be right now. I expect mm -hmm. that years down the line that I'm like, oh, okay, good. Like I can retire and not worry. And that's the thing. Like, I think that people don't put enough importance on that because investing doesn't always have to be with like stocks. It could also be with how, how frugal are you? How wise are you with your money? Um, I, you had another guest on that was speaking about that as well. And I think that's really important. It's first important to be wise with your money and then learn how to invest and to invest and be totally squandering your money. It's not going to work out. No, I love what you said just there because you're emphasizing the education first over the actual action. But Wes, back up a little bit for me because you said, you know, your aunt sort of instilled this in, a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit in you, but you didn't take it seriously as a kid. So yes. what in your mindset adjusted to make you take it more seriously? Um, that's a good question. And to honestly answer that, Yuri, I got to say that, um, I kind of got pushed into it. So for me, I always, had, <laughs> I always had like wanted to be safe. So like mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, you can't be safe. You kind of have to take risk, but I always mm -hmm. wanted to be safe. So I always went with the safest job. Right. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, there was a hole in me. Like I never felt satisfied, you know what I mean? And I always knew as a kid that I wanted to like branch out on my own, but I didn't know how to do it because in our generation, our parents taught us, you go get a job, you work hard, move up, retire. Right. Well, I mean, and that's easy. And I don't, I, I think that is a way and that's good, but for some people, some spirits, you know what I mean? Some of us have a spirit where <laughs> That is not what we're meant to do. So I actually ended up going through a phase where I decided to branch off into another job. I did martial arts for a long time. I was able to get a job as an instructor. And then that fell flat. So once that <laughs> fell flat, I didn't have anything to fall back on. So in my mind, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go after the things I love. Because if I'm not happy doing the things that are supposed to just... Um, award me with money and I branched off into one thing that I thought was going to be safe and fulfill me, then I'm going to just go after what I love. And from doing that, mm -hmm. I have had a lot of hardship of like wondering where the uh, money was going to come or when it was next going to come. There was a certain point where I was working six jobs at the same time because I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I had never pushed myself to figure out if I would succeed. Um, which I'm glad that that has happened now because now we're in a state where everything is uncertain and I'm able to still remain focused and still remain optimistic and know that everything's going to work out. Because as you know, Yuri, when you're, when you're freelancing and you're doing different jobs, you're collecting all that money to, um, you know, provide for yourself or provide for your family, which for most part, like for me is like providing for my family, just to go back to investing real quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey has a book called the total money makeover, which actually helped me and my wife, uh, go from figuring out how to, uh, pay our bills on two incomes to paying it on one which is a godsend because now we're at this point <laughs> and I learned how to do that about three years ago. So now we're only working with like one income. So now we know how to like plot things. I'm really about like living in the now, but you have to always prepare. You don't, you just don't know. Absolutely. No, I, I absolutely agree. So 
I actually didn't know about the the martial arts background. That's really interesting because I talked to a bunch of people that are really into it and they attribute a lot of their sort of mindset to that. Do you see any similarities in that for you? Like, have you taken something out of martial arts that you yes, use now? I definitely, I definitely have. Uh, I've taken a lot of being calm under pressure out of the martial arts. Um, I, I, that's one thing that uh, my Shihan, which is master, uh, has taught, was master in Shotokan karate. I'm sorry, I didn't um, specify. Uh, has taught me just to remain calm under pressure, to keep your cool, and just to have to know that no matter what, you got to keep trucking forward. Like if I'm in a sparring match, I can't just stop and run or I can't just stop. I'm going to get clobbered. You know, I have to, I have to come up with a defense. I have to have a plan. So that's made me like, especially now I've like had that instilled, like that's instilled in me. So now I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is taking away this part. Like, so, and I don't know if it's coming back. I heard you say that before. Like there's a lot of people in our industry. They don't know, like they're thinking it's going to come back, but we don't know. Like, that's the one thing you don't know. So since you don't know, you have to come up with a plan, Yuri, right? It's like, we have to have a plan. So my plan is, it's like, okay, well, if this isn't going to, if this does end up, which I'm praying is something I love. I love to shoot. I love to direct. So I want it to be there. But if it is not, what is the next thing for me? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and I'm always thinking about that. It's just like in, like in karate or a sparring match or even in a kata. What is the next move? What is the next position that I need to be in to guarantee that I have positioned myself so that I have the advantage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Preparedness, I think, is, is key, especially, like you said, in times of uncertainty. Yes. Yeah. So are you making any adjustments as far as figuring out what you can do in film still? Yes, I am. I can't go into too many detail, but uh, yeah, fair my, enough, fair enough. my, yeah, my, my wife wrote a script, which we were able, which I was the director of photography for, which I was able to then, we were able to shoot it before we got shut down, before everything got locked down. So now we're sitting there like, okay, so if I can't do live, maybe I can do film because that's one thing that's not going to go away, right? We still need entertainment in that aspect. So we're actually yeah. sitting here working on developing that and potentially we're going to uh, shop it and we're going to see what, what it goes from there. We're going to shop it to different networks and, you know, we're going to see what happens. Nice. That's awesome. So I can't, yeah. I can't wait to hear more once you're, once you're able to talk about it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's exciting. And so where does music sit on this sort of journey of like martial arts to, to film and music? Cause I know you were passionate about it this whole time. You just weren't really showing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny. Music is my first passion. So I actually started off like hip hop for me. You can say that's been instilled in me since I was like born really, because I, I have always written poetry but it kind of, as I got older a little bit, it turned into like a love for hip hop. I remember when I was five years old, which is just funny. My mom will laugh at this. They asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> I heard, I heard hip hop and I was like, I want to be a rapper. They were like, no, you don't You wanna do this. You want to be a lawyer or a doctor, you know, the traditional things. But, and I can understand why they said that. But for me, like I was a kid, all I heard was the rhythm patterns and the expression. And I realized as a kid from just from writing poetry, which I started from then on, I was writing poetry and it kind of transformed. But for me, that expression helped me express myself in times of like hardships or when I was upset. Um, And I had kept on developing and developing. Obviously when I was five, I wasn't, I mean, I don't know. I probably wasn't even saying words yet, but (laughs) as, uh, as I got older, it started to transition. I started to realize that people really liked the poetry um which was really i was writing it for me but people were like oh could you say that again could you say that again and i was like oh okay I, you know for me at first i didn't i didn't really think anything would come of it but then at one point i heard a beat and everybody was like kind of in a circle and started freestyling so i started putting like my poetry to it and i got laughed at <laughs> but you know it's i mean it's fine i just kept on practicing and that was one of the things that first instilled into me if you want to do something, you have to work hard for it. Like you have to keep going no matter what. I remember uh, just like my younger brother, I would ask him like, cause I remember seeing Snoop Dogg who was awesome. Just be able to freestyle off the top of his head. I was like, Oh, I got to be able to do that. I want to do that just like him. So I would ask my brother, just throw words at me. And then like, I would have to try to incorporate them. And my brother had a joy, a great time stumping me. 
until one day, until one day, like he was throwing words, no matter what word he threw at me, I was able to incorporate it into a rhyme. And I still do that. I still do that sometimes, just like incorporating words. I love doing that because it's a challenge. And if somebody can stop me, I'm just like, well, what's that mean? And then like, as soon as they tell me what it means, I go and incorporate it. Because I always feel like you need to know the definition of a word before you actually use the word. So, yeah. I love I love hip hop, man. We could talk hip hop all day. <laughs> right on, right on. So you've sort of, you in one way hit on a stereotype of wanting to be a rapper, but you've made made it your own, and you've actually turned it into a very positive thing. Yeah. So, yeah. That. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, talk talk about that a little bit more. Okay, so that's the funny thing. So the reason why I don't talk about it as much is because when I was younger, not everybody was a rapper. It was like people would say it, but you would just end up like when they said it, they actually could rap. <laughs> it was like one of those things where you heard that Yuri and you were like, Oh, okay. So this guy probably can really rap. But as I got older, everybody was a rapper, like everyone. And that's like, to me, it was like more of a stereotype. For me, when I was younger, I said it, but it was because I loved it. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. like, for me, I'm going to rap whether it makes me money or it doesn't. Like, I'll be rapping until I'm 95 years old. Like, because it's, it's something that I love. It's an expression of poetry. So what I've tried to do, I stopped talking about it. So I usually don't really talk about it because everybody says it. So, and that's that's not my point. I don't, I don't need, it's not something that I need to... Um, tell someone it's just something that is a part of me what I decided to do was I started to transition my the way I would present my lyrics because like I started off in poetry and as I was as I got older I had a lot of people tell me oh you should rap like this oh you're really good but you're not hard enough or oh this and you should do this and I tried all that and I realized after a while I tried all their suggestions realized after a while it didn't fit me when I, when I realized what worked for me was, yeah, I rap different. I like, cause I like a lot of different things. I do a lot of reading. So I'm able to like take from those resources and maybe present that in a different light, in a positive light. I try to keep it like, obviously when I'm expressing myself through an art like that, there's sometimes I want to relay a message that is very positive. There's sometimes I just want to show off the skill, just showcase the skill of being able to do it. You know what I mean? But I try to make sure that I always am able to bring joy to someone's day with music, no matter what I'm saying or the context. If you need something to bring you joy when you're at the, uh, in your worst moments, that's what I want to, that I hopefully I have a song for you. You know what I mean? I like to call myself a humanistic um, artist because I don't, I don't have any genre. Like people have genres. If I'm mad and I wrote a song and I was mad, then you might hear that. But that might help someone because they might be feeling the exact same thing. We're human beings. I'm not like a one dimensional person. I'm a human, which means I'm complex. Therefore, you need to hear that complexity. I'm not here to paint a facade. I'm here to show you I'm a human being. And hopefully, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad, whether I'm joyful, whether I'm talking about motivating you to get up and just a call to action and just move and be steadfast in what, in what, in what you want. I, hopefully I have a song for that for you because that's what I feel needs to be heard. Like um, we're both in our thirties. I feel like in, in our thirties, we've experienced a lot. Therefore, if my music doesn't reflect my experience, then I have, neglected to impart that on someone else who may be able to take something from it or at least feel like they can relate to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In, in my thirties, I I'd like to think I've matured a little bit, but as one of my friends said, Oh, you just mellowed out. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe, but I, I like what you said there sort of towards the beginning about it, that other people were trying to impose their view of what your hip hop should be. And you've eventually blocked that out because I actually saw you post in another on Instagram about that as well, that you discovered that at the end of the day, you just have to be yourself. Yeah. And how important I, is that? Um, I feel like that is the number one thing. It, for The number one thing in anything you do in life, like let's not even, let's take the music out of here. Let's so actually, let's apply the music. So let's apply the music and the 
cinematography for me, but let anybody else is listening, let's apply this to your entire life. Okay. So if you're not yourself, right, in what you do, then the people around you don't get to know you. You're basically putting on a mask. And then you go home and you wonder why you're doing that when you could have just been yourself the entire time. People will accept you for who you are if you allow them in. And that is the truth. Going back to hip hop, for the longest time, I would present things in a different light. I would do what was natural to me and people like that. Then as you, you know, as you're growing, in life, in which you love, people will start to tell you <laughs> how you should present that. And that did influence me because of the, uh, you know, as you're, when you're young, everybody has peer pressure and everybody wants to be accepted. That comes with a part of being human. So I would try different things, but it wasn't me. And it, the funny thing was, I probably didn't realize that until I was, in my mid twenties, when my wife's parents had heard some of my raps and were like, well, why are, why are you presenting it like that? Like, it's, it's quite obvious that you know, like a lot of words and you're very intelligent in your raps. Why don't you not use these words? And I was like, in, in my head, I was thinking that it was art so I could just kind of do what I want. And that was just kind of the naivete and the immaturity of me. But they let me listen to this uh, poem by the last dead poets. And before, like, people told me I should curse more, so I tried that, right? Now, I still do a little bit in some rhymes, but here, here's, the, here's the point. I'll get back to that point. When I heard the last poets, and it, it was The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, it's this beautiful um, poem presented so elegantly. And um, at the end... He uses a curse word and it like, instead of it being like, oh, just a part of the song, it shocks you. Cause like, wait a minute, what? Cause you realize that he used that word for a reason. It was an art choice and it actually made more impact on the song than if he would have just said that the whole time, you would have just, you would have tossed it out the way. After I heard that, that changed my whole perspective on how to present things when you're speaking. So I told myself, it's okay if I'm going to, and obviously I mean, I have, um, songs in the past where yeah you'll hear it but I told myself if I'm going to do that now it's definitely going to be something that's impactful where it's going to make you when you hear it boom oh you have to rewind that because what did I just say why did I say that and I feel like that's just a way more impactful way to say it and that is natural to me yeah that's awesome so drop a few f-bombs strategically <laughs> placed yep strategically <laughs> I got you. I got you. so you you say you can you can rap around about anything. So do you rap about investing? Uh I haven't done that yet because I've just learned I've just learned about that. But I did start doing that. I, I was doing that like, like a, a shout little... out to Buffett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I was doing that. Like I was kind of like uh playing around with it because I was looking at like technical analysis, how they do it. And I was like, uh, you see the the DMI with the stock RSI and I'm going to get the stock, watch it go sky high, probably up into the sky. So they best to recognize that I got all the investing that's going to be mine. Like Warren Buffett will be a billionaire. And you know, I'm going to spread the love everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome, Wes. So yeah. coming, um, to, uh, coming to cities everywhere. Yeah, coming to cities. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> So, I just, oh. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's just, yeah, I mean, you know, like, it's just something now that I just love to do. Like, you ask me to rap about something, I'm not shy about it. Like, I might not have words for it at the time, but you ask me about it, yeah. I'm going to think, I'm going to come up with it. But that, like I said, that took time. Like, I don't want anybody here. That's what, that's for anything you do in life. It takes time. Like, I'm 30 something now. I started rapping and writing poetry when I was five. And I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that because people need to know that when you invest yourself in a skill, it's going to take time. Like you'll see a lot of things, like you see a lot of things on social media where people, you see, it seemed like they're overnight success, but you didn't see those nights when they completely were like crying and they didn't know if they were going to make it. You're not seeing when 
Like if you're seeing, like if you see my rap and you and you had the skill, you didn't see when I was slipping up words and when I wasn't confident and I didn't want to rap in front of people. You're seeing the product of me now, but that's coming from all the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears that I did now, where I'm able to comfortably present myself. So don't ever think that um, I'm just talking to your viewers, Yuri, if that's okay. But just don't ever think that you are far behind. Just keep working at whatever you're doing. If you work at it hard enough, it's going to work out. No matter what, what, no matter what anyone tells you, if you want something bad enough and you work hard for it, it will work out. Now, if you expect it to happen overnight, then, I mean, you can't, you can't really be upset if it fails because you weren't willing to put in the work. For sure. Yep. Can't, nothing to add there. Well said. So Wes, with that, why do you think that even though, because we know that, right? It's, for, for most people, it's, it's obvious, like we know that in our head, and yet there's still something that drives us, something in human nature that makes us want instant gratification. Why do, why do you think that is? Um, I think because just naturally we want things easy. You know what I mean? Like, of course, like if I could have been really good at rapping right away, I would have been, if I would have been, if I could have been really good at cameras right away <laughs> and not suck that first, <laughs> I, I totally would have been. I like, we, we, we see things. So there's a book that I re I've read by uh, Robert Green called Mastery. And in Mastery, it talks about how, uh, I'm going to get this guy's name wrong. I think it's Sir Francis Dalton. Yes. That's the name. So Sir Francis Dalton was an amazing uh, scientist, right? But he's the cousin of Charles Darwin. Now, Charles Darwin didn't go to school, right? He didn't go to college. Not traditional education, I should say. Let me, let me rephrase that. But the scientific community still reveres Charles Darwin as the superior scientist. Now, we think Charles Darwin just came up with the theory of evolution. Now, Charles Darwin spent five years on a boat <laughs> looking at different animals and, and just observing life, which he had started doing since he was 13, to finally come up with that theory of evolution. So we hear that, right? We hear genius go to a point. We hear genius, and we think genius is instant. So you think it's innate. So it's in our human nature to see things and think that they did that fast, right? And we want that because... Deep down inside, everyone wants to be successful, but not everybody wants to travel, wants to take that road. I, I, I just, it's a hard psychology to explain that, but it's something more of a feel that I feel rather than like I could actually have an explanation for. No, that's, that's fair. I mean, you, you've basically brought it back around that it takes work. So if you want it, you got to work for it. Yeah. I, I guess my challenge is with people complaining when, when it doesn't instantly happen. Maybe that's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. So like, yeah, that, I have a problem with that too, Yuri. Like I have a problem with that because <laughs> there's just. <laughs> Without, and we don't necessarily have to, you know, we don't have to go there, but it's just a challenge. Yeah, in the yeah, mindset we're not, that not I'm going trying there. To, that's like, what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. Okay. So let's. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out too. Like, I, I kind of don't understand it. Like I do from one perspective, like I said, because we all want things to happen fast, but I don't understand the mindset of when it doesn't happen, not trying. So I understand wanting it to happen, but I don't understand the mindset of when it doesn't happen, not like not trying. So for the longest time, which I love what you've been saying is like, you just have to start it. Like for the longest time for me with like actually promoting the music, I was scared to start it. So I understand being fearful because you're fearful of what people may say about you, like, or how people will take it. That's understandable. But to start something and then be upset because it's not working, I think that's more of a societal thing that we have to deal with now. And I think technology has made that worse because we see instant. It looks instant, right? I can go on Instagram right now, boom. If I wanna see somebody with a million dollars in a lap, I can see that right now if I just put in a hashtag. 
if I see that, I don't know what they did to make it. They could have done something illegal, something I would never want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's just true. Or they could have done something legit that took years and now they can just have a, like something like, like they can have a picture like that, right? We see that and we're like, oh, I want to do that right now. I think that's, that, that's, that's going to be so easy. That looks so easy. They did it, but we can't think about it like that. You have to think about what skills do you have? What can get you t- to that point? Now, I don't think anybody should have a million dollars. Don't don't take a picture like that. Don't get me wrong. That was an example. Don't do that. <laughs> but but what whatever your whatever you deem as successful, like what can you do to make that happen? And to understand, it might not work out the first time. Like you might fail a little bit. But like I I would implore you to keep on trying. I think me and you cut were cut from the same cloth, man. Like I try to explain it, but I always come back to, yeah, I know we want that, but that's not how life works. So just work hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think uh, self-esteem plays a part in that? Cause, cause you touched on like what other people think. And oh, I know mo- that was a huge thing for me, right? Before I ever turned the phone on for the first time and looked into the camera, that was terrifying. Oh man, most definitely. This most definitely is what people think. I mean, yeah, it was terrifying for me too. I'll admit to you, bro. Like it was terrifying. It's sometimes I'll admit it right now. It's still terrifying. Sometimes I'll write something and I'll think it's great, but then I'll <laughs> I'll start to I'll start to like record myself, and then I get all self conscious. I'm like, oh, what about if this is whack? Uh, what about if this doesn't work out? But something in me now, because I know, like, I think I think actually what is happening to us. I, the same thing for you, Yuri, what is happening to us right now, just in the state of the world has pushed us out of comfort zones, but it's made great things happen. Like, cause it pushed me out of my comfort zone. I was comfortable just doing cinematography and then people who knew I rap, they could hear it and I, they could enjoy it. It's kind of pushed me out. Cause I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So I need to use all of my talents <laughs> to try to at least generate something. If it even, it doesn't have to be monetary. It could be Maybe that'll bring me joy that day. Because like I said, I do, first I do the music for myself. And that's the most important. Whatever you're doing, do it for yourself first. So I think that self-esteem really has a play. And we, we all have self-esteem, like we all want to be admired. And that is okay. But you have to know that you should push through that. You know, you have to push through that self-doubt, which I am doing right now. Do not think that it is easy. Because it is hard. I'm telling you, it's hard right now. <laughs> I'm learning promote, promoting and branding. And I don't want anybody to think that I don't want anybody to think this is easy for me because just like for you, Yuri, turn on the camera for me, promoting the music and coming up with ways to do it has been hard and terrifying. So I need people to know that because there's other people out here trying to do it, do what we're doing. And it can be terrifying. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm terrified sometimes when doing it. But we we do it anyway. Yep. We do it anyway for sure. And what role has uh, has your family played in in supporting this? A really really pivotal role. Um, I have got to uh, really thank my wife Felicia because she has given me more and more confidence to do things. Um, most definitely. Like she's always, uh, we, we were joking the other day. I was like, I'm so glad after all these years, we've been, we've been married for 10 years now, but she's always told me, try, try, just try, just try. And she's like a beast with it. I don't know how she does it. She will just do things, <laughs> but it's rubbed off on me. And seeing my little girl, uh, just growing up, smiling, talking, it's giving me more of a perspective of, okay, it's giving me something bigger to do this for you know what I mean bigger than myself because if it was just me I might not I might not do anything right like I, I might just be comfortable where I am but knowing that I have a family to look after I'm talking about with investing with just being good with the cinematography and with music it's just giving me a different outlook on how to present it that's why most of the time like I try to be really conscious with the words I use when I'm presenting my music because I have a child now other people have kids, you know, I could say something aggressive, but I don't need to use certain words so everybody can listen to it. <laughs> yeah. So, so is your music kid friendly for the most part? 
Oh uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, you know, there's there'll be some times where I will put I will make sure that I put like parental warning. You know what I mean? Just like if yeah. there's a song. I mean, I don't think I need to put parental advisory on like any music that I stamp, but I think that I could like designate some songs. Like, yeah, you might want to skip this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. We have uh there's uh, at least a couple of episodes that have been uh, marked explicit. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. And that that's okay. A few F bombs, but no, it was, it was good, good time. So how did, how did you meet Felicia? You know, so there's a story, but I never say it without her, but I did meet her in college. There's a big story. I met her in college. And, um, when I saw, when I, when I saw her, I was, uh, quite like, quite mesmerized. I, I, just admit, I was quite mesmerized, but it was funny because when I saw her at first, I just thought, oh man, this girl is very beautiful and I just want to be her friend. Now, obviously as a man, I wanted to be more than that, but I was like, I, if I'm just her friend right now, like I'm good with that. <laughs> and as we got to know each other, it blossomed and it was organic. You know what I mean? It wasn't forced. It was organic. And uh, now we're 10 years down the line, that's, it's been, it's been a road, you know what I mean? Like for all of uh, Yuri, if I could talk to your audience for a second, um, guys that I know we're all interested in starting families and uh, yes, like anything else that takes work when you are married, it takes work. And that's just what it is. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs and, but you got to keep, you got to go through it. You got to keep, you got to, you got to push through it because it's like, it's like a diamond diamond is made under coal. And if you keep on, having pressure to that core finally turns and that's what it turns into a diamond so like a marriage sometimes it's going to be great and beautiful and it's sometimes going to be put under pressure but you got to keep that you got to you got to let that pressure you got to embrace it because that that's the only way you you get closer and that's the only way you get stronger as a couple and i think that's why i'm able to do like through that strength that i am building with my wife is how i'm able to leap out on faith i would say into things i've done so so how do you guys handle some of those challenges all the rough spots uh a lot of hard conversations and working it out sometimes you know sometimes it's not always a uh uh okay this this is the best way to put it. this problem happened right and most time you think all right boom solution right away it's not always like that. Sometimes this problem happens and sometimes we need to take a step back and think about it. But that's one thing, no matter how long it takes, we always come and talk about it. We always try to find a solution and compromise. And I don't think that that is, uh, that is stressed enough in today's society. We more, more or less uh, talk about like, well, not us, but just society in general was like, oh, all right, well, not move on easy way out, but that's not, that's not really what marriage is designed for. So like when you decide to marry somebody, especially as a man, we all know, <laughs> if you decide that you want to take that step with somebody, you don't ever want that. You don't want the, the, um, want it to end. I don't think anybody goes into that wanting it to end. But what you don't realize is, is that how much hard work is going to take. Cause I didn't realize it, but mm. I pushed through it because I I've seen what has happened. I've seen what has happened in a bad marriage, like growing up and when people don't push through it. So like kind of from a negative, it taught me like, that's not what I want. And that's not what I want for my family. So I'm going to navigate and figure this out and push through it. So at the end of the day, uh, you know what I'm saying? I hopefully, you know what I'm saying? And what, what I am going for that, like, we have, we have a love, love of a lifetime, um, understanding, growing, and I get to see my children grow and we, you know, celebrate. I don't know. We always, I'm like, man, what would it be like for us to celebrate our 75th anniversary? But you got to go into it thinking like that. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you, you can't be like, oh yeah, you know, if this happens, no, it's like, don't, you got to go into it thinking forever because then that keeps you in it. And the more positive memories, that's what I'm saying, always create positive memories. And what I try to do is, even if we're upset with each other, I don't go to bed without saying I love her. I don't go to bed without, like, we make sure that. Like, I kind of instill things like that from the beginning. So I came up with a plan. I don't know how I came up with a plan. Because when I met her, I was 21 years old. So I don't even know how that, I'm going to just say that that was God um, <laughs> that gave me that plan. But, uh, yeah, like, 
I just kind of like, we have instilled things from the beginning that have helped fortify our marriage for when hardships happen. Even though like hardships will happen and sometimes they uh, are big, well, at least big to us. They might not be that big, but you know, that's relative. That's, that's, you know, that's situational. So, but we do make sure that we put each other first and that's important. That's good advice. I'm Thank trying you for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And how has uh, becoming a father changed you? Man, <laughs> that's changed me a lot, Yuri. For real. Um, life was uh, so basically like just to be a little, uh, a little. Um, transparent and kind of vulnerable uh when we first we, we we tried the first time and we actually had a miscarriage and uh that tore me apart you know what I mean and um I didn't know if you know you get you know you start feeling like we talk about self-esteem just coming back to that I mean you talk about a self-esteem destroyer that was a self-esteem destroyer uh but when 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 this when this little girl came my whole perspective on life changed uh it's helped me i think be a more gentle person because you know I, especially i think i think daughters in general will make you more gentle because she, <laughs> it's just the way that she she uh she just she'll just smile and stuff she's like, i'm sorry man you got me it's like my heart is just like my heart strings are just <laughs> like a violin right now but um she's definitely made me more aware of what I'm doing made me more alert. I started realizing as a father, like it is the most exciting and terrifying thing at the same time, because like, I see, like, I see her growing up and it's awesome and she's mobile, but then I'm like, Oh wait, don't do this. Like, don't do that <laughs> because she's young. So she doesn't know that something like, Oh, don't grab this pot from off the counter because it could fall on your head. And I'm like, no, don't. And she's getting mad at me, but I have, I have to be a protector. That it's really instilled in me that, I have to be more understanding too because she has to learn and because I haven't been used to having to teach somebody from the ground up and now I am, I have to be more understanding. So I think that's also taught me how to be more understanding with people that are trying to learn as well. Are you the overprotective father? I don't think, uh, I don't think my wife would say that. I think she, <laughs> I think she wants me to be more protective. <laughs> I think, uh, I think that I, um, with fatherhood, with her, I think sometimes I am protective, like overprotective, but most times I try to be protective, but also let her have confidence. Like if she's going to fall and she's not going to hurt herself, I, let me put that out there. If she's going to fall and she's not going to hurt herself, I let her fall because she needs to know that she can get back up. And I encourage that. But no dating until she's 30. Ah, uh, nah, bro. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, we have a weird gene pool in my family, so we have no girls. So oh, I, wow. I can't even imagine what it would be like. Yeah, my, my dad is the oldest of three brothers, and then all uh -huh. the brothers have sons, which are, you know, me and my brother, and then my cousins. And everyone yeah. has, everyone who's had kids, they're all boys. The one exception is my brother from his first marriage. He had a, mm -hmm. he had a daughter, but he was super young. So my dad's theory is that anyone, when a male in our family has a kid after they're 25, it's always boys. Oh, wow. So I think they're boys in my future, uh, but we'll see. We'll see, uh, man. If you, you listen, <laughs> if a boy's in your future, that's awesome. Mostly, uh, most of my friends have had girls. It is so crazy. Like all of us, we all talk. We're like, yeah, we all have girls. My best friend, my best friend has three girls. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So you might have a girl. You never know. You never know exactly. But you gotta love them either way, right? That, that part yeah, exactly. No, no. Yeah, of course. That doesn't matter at all. It wouldn't matter if my like. It wouldn't matter if I had a boy or a girl. I will love love baby the same that doesn't matter at all yeah that doesn't matter that's why we talk about having a second one in the future and i'm like i don't i don't uh i don't care if it's boy or girl i'm good like if i'm if i'm the odd man out that's fine like that's fine with me because like 
children are children, man. Like, who, who cares? Who cares if it's a boy or a girl? Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the reverse of my brother's family. My, my sister-in-law is the odd one out because they have three boys and then a male cat. So, <laughs> so it's, pretty, it's pretty special over there, but I, I love them. Yeah, man. It's awesome, bro. And what, ha- what has your daughter taught you so far? Man, uh, ooh. that's a good question, man. <laughs> Let me think about it. I think my daughter and her just being in her. Yes. Yeah, I can say this. So kids, right? They do whatever. They just try it. And even if it doesn't work, they keep doing it until it works. My daughter has taught me to have that resilience. She has. Now, I've like even more so than I already did because I see that through her. And sometimes I'm like, that is not going to work. And I become that overprotective dad. And I have to stop her sometimes because, because she's so determined to get something done. Sometimes she doesn't recognize what the potential is for a bad outcome. But she has taught me that you keep going, you keep moving, right? That's one thing she's taught me. The other thing she's taught me is that it's okay to slow down sometimes and just like take time and be in the moment. Because even though I like being in the moment, I'm so focused on being prepared, if I can just be honest sometimes, that I forget to be in the moment. And every once in a while, (laughs) when she wants to just hang out, she will grab my hand and look at me and it'd be like, dah, dah, <laughs> and pull me. And it takes me, it, it like, it brings me back. And I'm like, you know what? And I have intentionally now, when she's doing things, have put things down. You know what I mean? Because like right now we're in like this weird space where, right, we're trying to get things moving. We're like, okay, you, you know, you're like, what, what are we going to do? What's the next move? How can we get this done? But I got to remember also that life is going on. And she always, she, she's taught me that. Take a step back <laughs> and enjoy what's ha- happening now. Because if you don't enjoy that, then, you, you know what I mean? You're wasting your, your time. You're, you're letting time pass. And human life is finite. You know what I mean? So she's teaching me to, to enjoy the now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And would you, I know it's, a little early to think about it maybe but would you want her to go to a school like milton hershey and have um, that experience um well so i wouldn't mind it but at the same time i think that i have learned those skills and like it was hard being away from my family because that's a boarding school right so i had a lot of great i had a lot of great um a lot of great experiences but at the same time I missed or I missed out on experiences that I would have had with my family you know what I mean so I I feel like that I have gained a lot of those skills if she wanted to we we would have to talk about it but um I feel like I've been gained enough of that that I wouldn't want my I wouldn't want to be away from my daughter for like a lot of the year you know what I'm saying like I think that we could wait till she if she wanted to go to college I think we could wait for that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I love my baby. I love my baby girl. And uh, at that point, you, you got when I was going to Milton Hershey, which Milton Hershey was a great school, I will never. But at that point, my mom was a school mother with three kids. And Milton Hershey gave an opportunity for me to get, like, uh, a good education, um, be able to, like, get a scholarship to uh, college, and also have, like, you know, role models in my life that I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. otherwise. So I'm really thankful for that. But, like, at at the same time, like Milton Hershey was great. And I would, uh, like if my daughter wanted to do something like that, we would talk about it. But as of right now, like I want to be able to afford my daughter that opportunity and still be able to see her, like, especially in those teen years, even though I don't know what that's going to be like, <laughs> but <laughs> I would, uh, I, I, I want, I want to see my daughter grow up. Yeah, no, that's fair. So you yeah. feel like you've, you've sort of assimilated enough of those values that you got at that school that you can pass them on, even if a traditional education doesn't do it. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, I am really big, even though I went to college, I am really big on learning things for yourself. Uh, I think uh, your guest Nicholas Longo talked about that. I think I'm really big on like 
learning things for yourself because uh, that's important because we 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 uh failed even if like traditional school, traditional school doesn't teach my daughter I will like I know that me and my wife will because we forget that like the first schools were started by somebody who didn't have a teacher right they were the teachers so mm-hmm. if we had people that weren't teachers right they I mean they didn't have teachers and they just started to think and talk amongst themselves teaching each other we can we're still capable of doing those same things so i'm really big on if you want the knowledge it's there like there's thousands not even that millions of books out there so you can get that for yourself and we can always instill like first if we teach our daughter to be a a good person right a kind person it's easier to teach the um form or the educational part but first we got to teach the social, then we teach the education, you know what I mean? Or a little bit mix of a both. Let's, let's say a mixture of both because both are important. So. So Wes, at one point, you know, I used to end a lot of my posts online with, uh, and may the odds be ever in your favor, that, that famous, that famous line from yep. the Hunger Games. And you've responded with that. It's like, man, it's, it's like the Hunger Games out there. So I don't know, but if you're comfortable, would you say a little bit about that? Like what you've seen out there with this divisiveness and the outrage and this, all this tribalism and what Ugh. it's doing? Man, it's like, whew. It is like the Hunger Games out there, right? Because we, we, we are now in a pandemic and now we're seeing a lot of things, a lot of injustices happening, right? Whereas like you would like to be like, let's come together as a country. But like, it's just super divided. And I try to balance that because, like, I know people from all different walks of life, right? So, like, I'm not going to sit here and try to say, like, I, I feel like everybody's trying to blame one or one or another person for what's going on. Or it's this party, it's this politic, or it's this, or it's this race, and it's that. And it's like, yo, listen, there are good people and there are bad people. Like, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, I mean, have I dealt with some things like racism? Yes. Like, of course. Like, I understand that. But I can't, like, for me, I can't let that be a determining factor of whether or not I'm going to keep pushing forward. Because for as many bad experiences that I have had, right, I've had great experiences. So for me, I try to equate them to experience. And I think to like this particular experience and not to a particular group of people or a particular party. Like, so, but everybody is trying to figure out, and I think it's a combination of what's happening right now in the world and what's happening in society. And it's just this big clash. And I don't think people know how to take it in their brains. So now everybody's lashing out on at everyone. And it definitely is. Like sometimes I'm like, are we going to be in the Hunger Games? Because <laughs> I love that. May the odds forever be in your favor. But it's like, are we about to get there where people are like thinking this is survival of the fittest, not realizing if we come together, the potential of survival is greater? It's crazy, man. I don't know if I answered that question correctly, but I tried. Yeah, no, you did. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it comes down to mindset, which is why I sort of put the politics aside and started the podcast. Oh, yeah, tries man. to focus on the positive. And we'll see. Ho- hopefully we're doing that if, you know, you guys Oh, man. Yeah. Send I, us I, an I email. Let it. us know <laughs> what, what you think of this messy journey. <laughs> so it's great. So, Wes, I know we've been going for a while. So just a, a few more questions and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. So with, with all of that going on, and thank you again for sharing that, why are you optimistic about the future? I am optimistic about the future because if I can be honest, um, I'm optimistic about the future because of the things I've, I have, we have going on, the things that we had going on before, but to be completely honest, I'm optimistic about the future because I'm choosing to be. And that is like, it's a choice because everything that's happening right now is telling me not to be optimistic. But if I'm not optimistic, then I have lost already. I've lost. So not only are the things going on, I'm like, oh, I have time to do things that I never had time for before, or I made excuses that I couldn't do, whether it was for fear or something, but I'm doing those things. And also I'm choosing to be optimistic. Like, and I don't think I can afford to be pessimistic. You know what I mean? I have a family that I'm looking after. So if I'm pessimistic, then what's the outlook for them? And uh, (laughs) so I have 
made the conscious choice to be optimistic. Uh, thank you for like freelancing, being uncertain all the time, <laughs> because that's giving me a chance to just embrace that optimism. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, th I feel like more than not, when the world is telling you that you probably should be fearful, you have to make the choice to see above that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's the one accomplishment that you're proud of up to this point? I am proud of taking the steps of, well, first, um, I am uh, proud of my family and the man that I'm becoming as a uh, father and husband, but I am proud of the steps that I have taken in my career because uh, what that has taught me, like, not only has it brought me many of great experiences, but it has also given me the mindset to where I am right now like where I can be optimistic, where I can see things from a different perspective, like that is giving me that because, you know, like, I mean, for people that don't do camera, you always have to try to find things from a different angle, right? You always want to see what's the most appealing angle? What's an interesting angle? What's an obscure angle? You know what I mean? So with that, I'm able, like, even though like that's kind of poetic to put it like that, but I'm able to see it from different angles. I'm able to see things from a different angle. They might not be the traditional angle. So that has helped me. Like those, those skills have helped me. Yeah. Good. So with that, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Don't be afraid to do what's in your heart. Because the only thing that I was doing around like in my, like the, that early 2020 that I was doing that I was like really confident with and going after was like dating uh, my wife at the time. Right. Um, and I went to school for journalism. So I was I, I was like pursuing that. But it's kind of like I've I kind of always known how creative I was and how I wanted to be in the arts and entertainment industry. But at that time, it didn't seem like it was reachable. But had I had had someone to be like, you know what, just go for it. Like, just try it. Be smart. But go for what you love. I probably would have done a lot of things. Um, a lot. A lot of things that I have accomplished now may have happened earlier but they may not have, who knows? You know what I mean? It might've still taken until right now. <laughs> so, but if I think about it, right, who knows where I would be? Who knows if I'd even still be here? So I kind of, I'm kind of glad how life worked out. You know what I mean? I'm kind of glad that life worked out in the way it did, but I would say, I would tell myself to just go for it. And I would tell your audience, if you're listening right now, whatever you want to do right now, you have an opportune time where, you know, yes, yeah, some of us are still working and some of us have these things, but there's an opportune time where you have a, a great, a lot of, a lot more time than we have ever had <laughs> in our lives in this lifetime. Right. Mm -hmm. So take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And Wes, I ask everyone this and just take it in the, in the broadest sense possible. What does masculinity mean to you? I think uh, when you talk about masculinity, masculinity is, you know, being prepared. And one gr great thing is I've heard from someone who was my role model growing up was masculinity is uh, having composure composure is a great part of masculine because there's going to be things that throw you for a loop and stuff but if you like just get upset and like freak out you know what i mean that's not going to do anything you know what i mean like you can't you're not going to be able to maintain your your own well-being right if you want to have a family you're not going to be able to maintain that family because if you're in chaos your family's in chaos because i'm a traditionalist when it comes to masculinity for a man like the man is the head of the household therefore since you're going to be the head of the household you're the foundation and if you're in chaos and your foundation shaky, then your whole family's foundation is shaky. So, but I wouldn't say that like masculinity is like, oh, I'm super hard and super strong. That's not it. It's being composure. It's also kindness. It's also being willing to teach. 
You know what I mean? Because we look up, we look up to like, I mean, we look up to our mothers and our fathers, but we look up to them as teachers, right? So you should, uh, masculine to me is being a teacher, having composure and being kind. Nice. <laughs> Who will Wes be in five years? You know, I was thinking about this, Yuri. Um, what I what I uh, hope to be doing in five years, well, you know, I expect in five years I'll have a, I'll be a father of two. <laughs> and also, I, um, I'm not sure I'm going to be in five years, but I think I'm going to be in a lot better place. And I think five years from now, we might have be having a conversation on this podcast, talk about what we both are in five years, man. <laughs> that would be great. That'd be awesome. Because we got to win every situation, right? Yes. That goes for everybody. Yes. That's one thing I, I'm, I'm big on. Yeah. For sure. And Wes, so how can people follow and connect with you? Um, you can follow and connect with me. Um, mainly on Instagram. So you can just go to my Instagram is at Wes, W-E-S, the T-H-E, winner, W-I-N-N-E-R. And that's the... Uh, Best way to connect with me, if you want to, you can also drop me an email at winningeverysituation at gmail.com. I'm more than glad to speak with everyone. And I will be starting a YouTube soon, but that will be TBD. <laughs> I got you, I got you. So we'll link to, to those things in, uh, in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Wes, any, any final words? Uh, my final word is I am happy that you picked me to be on the show and i'm just like i'm really proud of you man i'm really proud of you you're like this this whole show is is great um seeing like us talking about it when it was when you when it was a conception till now like it's 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 dope man i've been loving it so i've i've been listening to it so to be on it i'm like oh my gosh i get to be on one of my favorite shows <laughs> so yeah man so i just i'm i'm thankful and uh final word is you know, I, I like to call everybody who follows me uh, winners. And if you're listening right now, you're a winner too. So keep doing what you're doing. Wow, Wes, that was unexpected. Thank, thank you very much for the kind words. That, that was awesome. Thank you. And hope you much success in, in music and film and certainly family. And, you know, I, ho I hope Felicia knows that there's more kids on the way. I, I hope you checked with her. So, I did. <laughs> and, then, and may you always win every situation. Thank you, Wes. And thank you all for listening. If you like what you heard, please make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. And to hear more meaningful and inspiring conversations with people like Wes, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you might be listening. That's all. Thanks. And goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.